All right, thank you for joining our podcast, Cocktails and Bullshit, hosted by none other than Scott Heim and yours truly, Lou Rivera. This is a podcast where we talk about anything and everything. We'll see if we can have a few laughs along the way while sharing a cocktail. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Are you ready? Let's get it on. All right, this is our first episode, and I am so excited to get into this. Thank you guys for joining. Mr. Scott Heim, how are you doing, my friend? Sweet Lou, I am fantastic today, as they say. I, I think I'm finer than frog hair, but I'll get better. And uh, we're loving it here in Northwest Ohio, coming to you from uh, just outside of Toledo and Maumee. And uh, we're grooving on a Sunday afternoon. How are you doing today, my friend? Oh, man, I am doing great. And I cannot believe that we're getting this started. I never thought I would uh, do a podcast and it was never on my radar. But when you called me up and said, hey, you want to do a podcast? I was like, why not? Yeah, nah, that's great. We, uh, we, we had tried, a buddy of mine and I had tried to get this thing running, you know, pre-COVID kind of thing. And of course, we've all been through, as you like to say, this crazy life for the last couple of years. I think you're spot on with that. And and so I, I, I just, you know, as, as uh, for the audience, I mean, Lou and I came together through through a common friend uh, known as his wife and, and known as a college friend to me, Gina. And, uh, you know, I, I followed you on, on all your social media and you have such an amazing outlook on life and a take it, that is, I think, just wide open, positive and fun. And it just hit me in your last post a week or so ago, man. Lou is the guy that I need to kind of get this podcast back up and running again. And, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty equal heavy cups of, uh, of cocktails and bullshit at any given moment. So uh, I just felt like I could be the perfect, uh, perfect balance for you. So I'm really excited to be at it with you. Well, me too, man. I was very surprised when uh, you text me and uh, I've got uh, that text. I was uh, telling Gina, it's kind of weird because you and I really didn't talk before all this. Uh, I, I think we are, we're fa- uh, we're friends on Facebook, and you do know you do know my wife uh, from a very long time. But I, I felt like we we kind of connected, and uh, when we started talking, I felt like we had a good vibe. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, and for the audience, we we finally did have a uh, a FaceTime call, so we could get to to formally know each other a little bit. That uh, that that Gina facilitated for us, and. Uh, yeah, man. And I think it worked just like you said. I think we both have, we're, we're the same age, same place in life. I, I think that we've had our moments in life where we take things really seriously and we've had our moment, moments in life where we slow down and enjoy the ride. And uh, I, I think we're both getting to that place here as, as, as we're in our mid fifties that kind of taking it all in and enjoying the ride is where we're at. And I just thought, man, uh, getting with you every week to put that down on, on film, as they say, and, and talk through what, what's coming at us this week. I, I just thought we'd have a, a great run at, at kind of putting this podcast together. So thank you for, for jumping in, man, with an unknown. And uh, I'm excited to, to, to bring in an audience and talk about cocktails and bullshit. Well, you know, uh, at this age, man, it get, you get to the point where you really don't care about much. Uh, it's like one of those uh, Seinfeld episodes where he looks back when somebody's asking him to uh, take a look at something and he's like, nah, because at <laughs> this point in your life, you don't want to deal with anything that uh, causes any stress to you. But let me uh, yeah. let me tell you a little bit about myself here for the audience. Uh, I am 56 years old and uh, I've been married to my wife for two years. 
and we travel on the road, which is uh, pretty unique and interesting. I see a lot of people are doing that nowadays. Um, basically, what we're doing is uh, we traveling. We travel in an RV. Uh, we have a van that also pulls the RV. Anytime we want to get away uh, from being where we're at, and usually it's 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 an RV park. Uh, we'll pull away from the van and we'll just uh, go somewhere and we'll boondock. There's so many uh, places to do that, whether it's Walmart, casinos, even downtown, just uh, get a parking space and stay there overnight. So we have really been enjoying doing that. And uh, we're going cross country. We only stay in certain places for a month or two. And we only travel about three or four hours at a time. So it's going to take us a long time to uh, see the whole United States. But we did this a while back. Uh, we did the whole van life thing where we had a van and we went cross country for two years and we really enjoyed it. And we said, man, we just want to keep this going. So we had to figure out a way on how to do that. Uh, I am kind of semi-retired. My uh, wife, she works online. She's uh, a director for a nursing uh, program for college. And so far, it's been going great. I mean, I can't tell you how much we enjoy uh, doing this, and we're just going to keep doing it for as long as we can. That's awesome. Well, similarly, we, we both have a passion for, for camping and people and, and, and being out, seeing things. We, it, just as COVID hit, we, we were, you know, we've been married for 29 years. We were tent campers back in the day and in the, you know, late nineties, early two thousands down in, in El Paso, Texas, we got into some great country down there and Rio Dosa, Mexico and whatnot. And, just, you know, fell in love with camping and then, you know, kids get older, next kid comes along and, and we got pretty busy with life. And then we kind of got on the other side of that curve with the kids getting older with our, our youngest being in her, her third year of college this year. And uh, just as COVID, we were like, you know what, Let, let's go look at campers. And uh, we, we, like we do with all things, we went and looked at one and we had one purchased a week later. <laughs> we're kind of that way. And uh, so we've been kind of weekend camping, making a few trips along the way for the last couple of years. And then uh, just this past week, we, we helped our son move from Salt Lake City to Athens, Ohio, which Southern Ohio is just so beautiful. So that was our first full week camping, you know, in good weather where we could really use the whole camper for an extended amount of time. And man, we, we're just addicted to it. We came home from this trip talking about, OK, where's we we need to go on the road. We, we want the Lou and Gina show. How do we get on the road and uh, and and do this camping life, this full time life? Because we just we just really enjoyed it. Between the people and the fun and the cocktails and the bullshit, uh, it just came together for us this past week. So we're I'm jealous of you, and I didn't even know I was jealous of you for the last couple of years. Well, I saw your RV, and it's very similar to what we have. Um, the RV that we have is a 19 footer. I think yours is what 21. Yeah, 21 foot Forest River vibe. Uh, 18 RB. It's got the the Murphy bed that comes down, you know, so it's a couch in the daytime, bed at nighttime. And I mean, it's a small little travel trailer and it it just fits us perfect. It's kind of our version of a tiny home. And we were just saying this week, like we really got lucky picking out the right camper, because as I'm sure we'll talk about in future episodes, the magic to picking out a camper is making sure you get one that fits your lifestyle and how you use it and what you like to do. And we I'd love to say I I'm sure we'll have an episode where I can talk about this tattoo that says Carpe Fortuna, Seize the Good Fortune, which to me translates to uh, 
you know, pays to be luckier than good. I have definitely spent my life being luckier than good. And, and our camper is reflective of that. Well, you know, when uh, COVID hit, there was a lot of people that were going out there and uh, they were buying RVs, uh, mainly because uh, a lot of people were moving and also because everything has, as far as pricing has gone up. Uh, you look at uh, mortgages and renting an apartment was very, it's, it's, get, it's getting to the point where it's just really expensive and you, a lot of people cannot afford it. So everybody has gone out and, um, and uh, looked at alternative living and our, living in an RV is one of those. A lot of people don't get it. And I always feel like it's kind of a, a well-kept secret. Uh, but you have a lot of people that look at this lifestyle and don't really understand it. Uh, they have been living in a, in a house all their lives. And when you start talking about uh, an RV or a van, the only thing that you can ever think of is, oh, what are you going to do? You're going to go live down by the river? <laughs> <laughs> that, is a, that is a lot what I get from my friends but I mean it's a, it's it's a great lifestyle and I we love it and we're just going to keep doing it until we can't no more like I said and uh, hopefully it'll be we'll be doing it for a really long time that's awesome well Lou I, I just want to put a little teaser out there anyone that I that knows me is going to say man these guys are 11 minutes into this podcast and, and I'm still sober. So so just a little teaser. It's, it's hashtag sippity sip, as my friend Lou has uh, has formalized the little shaker shaker just to just letting the folks know that we're not far off from from making a nice, enjoyable cocktail to, to kind of cruise through this a little bit. Yeah. So what I figured is right in the middle of it, uh, we'll uh, talk about that cocktail. Unfortunately, I do not have one. I went last night uh, to the liquor store. And uh, the liquor store was closed. So I'll be enjoying my beer, which I, I truly love. And uh, the, the beer that I'll have is a Modelo. And then you can uh, go ahead and talk about your cocktail. I'm actually really interested to know because I'm not a real cocktail type of a drink person. But uh, I'm really interested to, to, to get into it because I think once you do, then that kind of sparks the interest and you want to try different ones. For sure. And I, I'll tell you, I, I mean... I love everything, but I, I have been, you know, whenever it started, I keep saying five to eight years ago, but I've been saying that for five to eight years. So whenever the craft beer craze started 10, 15, 20 years ago, whenever the heck it was, I love me some craft beers. But, but when we flipped the calendar this year, I just decided I could not be any pound larger. And uh, we kind of went on this low carb program and, Basically, we've, we've been losing a, a pound a week, and, and a big piece of that for me is uh, moving away from beer and, and moving into some low-carb cocktails. And, uh, you know, I'm, I might be hurting my liver. I mean, my, I keep telling people I'm not really fat. That's just my liver. But, uh, you know, kind of getting away from the beer a little bit, and then I save that beer for my camping weekends. That's a little treat I allow myself to have is to get some really great IPAs and some of the beers I love. And, uh, so, you know, when I'm not camping, I kind of keep it on the cocktails to kind of, I'm a, I'm a big bourbon and soda guy. I'm a big, you know, martini guy and kind of keeps those carbs down a little bit. So that was kind of where all that came from for me, but I love some beer as well. And that Modelo is a delightful one. Yeah. I hear you, man. As, as you get older, it just gets, uh, worse and worse as far as, uh, trying not to gain any weight. And unless you're like doing something, whether it's walking, running, or even exercising, it seems like you pack it on real quick. 
Yeah. I tell you, that's another great thing about camping. I mean, when we camp, we exercise and hike and are outside so much more. And we, we, we break our habit loop. There's a book out there I read called The Habit Loop. And man, after I read it, I discovered that I have this evening habit loop where I go from my chair in front of the TV through the kitchen from about, you know, post dinner to bedtime and do nothing but grab munchies along the way. The habit loop is a real thing. And I feel like when we go camping, it breaks our habit loop and we're we're burning energy and, and we're outside and we just don't find ourselves eating as much either. So uh, there's yeah. just so much good from it. And I feel like the stress comes down getting outside and, and just enjoying just people and hiking and relaxing and all that good stuff. I, I feel like we've had a good year. I'm down about 35 pounds and uh, uh, actually just came off a uh, statin that the doctor put me on late last year and I hate taking anything. So I was happy to be off that. So uh yeah, you know, like I said, I I got my vices, and if I'm going to have my vices, I guess I got to kind of, you know, monitor and cut in a few other areas. And if that means I kind of reduce my beers and, and carbs to, you know, certain times that I can kind of enjoy them a little bit, that's the program we've been on, and it's working out for us this year. I feel like it's been a pretty good lifestyle change. Dude, good for you. Yeah, yeah I can't really say much here. We probably, me and Gina probably have been eating everything that we see. But, you know, we, we're not at that level where we're getting obese or anything like that. I think I usually fall back. As soon as I start seeing myself gain a lot of weight, then uh, I start m making the adjustment so I, I don't gain any more weight. But let me ask you this, man. How how uh, how has it been uh, over there with COVID? Yeah, so that's really interesting. So, so my wife has a horrible respiratory system. I mean, she just she had pneumonia a million years ago and. And if anything comes near, it goes right to her lungs. So when the whole COVID thing hit, man, we we had her under lock and key here at the house. And, and you know, me, I feel like, you know, most of my, from all my cocktail, and I'm pretty pickled and can survive anything. So for the entire hardcore COVID times, I did all the grocery shopping. And, I, you know, me being in the food safety business anyway, I've been a germaphobe forever. So for us, it's always been about washing hands and clean surfaces and clean doorknobs and all that. So long story longer, we made it through the entire COVID process, post-COVID process, uh, without getting COVID. When the vaccine came around, because I, I travel for a living and, and, you know, a lot of that, you know, a lot of customers I see require the vaccination card. I, I've never had a flu shot in my life other than my, you know, growing up as a little kid vaccinations. I've never had any other vaccinations in my life of any sort. But when it came time, I, I got the vaccine. And we got the second, you know, the two boosters to go with it. All of that to say, we still never had COVID. And in this past May, a couple of months ago, I went to the restaurant show in Chicago, which was the first one back. And and it was like ground zero for, for whatever variant was out this spring. And uh, I came home with COVID and promptly gave my wife COVID. And that's the first time we've had it, Lou. And uh, it was it was like a shitty cold for four days. Can I say that on a podcast? I don't know if I can say that or not, but I, say whatever you I just, want. <laughs> I just did. It was like a really not great cold for four days with with some aches and pains that were kind of not awesome. But it didn't stop me from doing the honeydew list or anything like that. And then I was fine. And then and then you just you felt puny, like you couldn't shake. You just felt off for like another four to six weeks, which was the crazy part. It was like yeah. it was like June or July before before we felt fine again. Um, and, and then just to, to close out the story, 
Michelle goes out to Salt Lake City last week, the week before last, to help Trev move. She wanted to drive one of his cars. They had, they had needed an extra driver. And on the day of packing, he tested positive for COVID. And again, ah. he's, had, he's had all the vaccines and everything. Yeah, he had a miserable week. But I was certain that Michelle was going to get it, and I was going to get it because we were all together moving them in last week down in Athens, Ohio. And knock wood, I mean, Michelle and I didn't get it. So I'm thinking he must have gotten the same strain that we had in May. Um, so so not quite sure if that's where you're going with your question, but it's been a weird ride. And, uh, you know, I, well, I, I, yeah, the reason, the reason I ask is because uh, it seems like COVID is coming around again. My uh, brother-in-law and my sister, they both have COVID as, as well as um, my niece and and uh, nephew and it's just kind of weird how it's all coming around so quickly but as far as covid like when it first started we were on the road and it got a little tough to be out there um this is when it when it was just the beginning of it so we decided we were gonna go and uh, stay with my brother um he's got a house so we went and stayed with him and the, the funniest thing is that everybody always had uh, told us that we were going to get it because we're out there we're meeting all these different people and going from state to state. And we felt like we were good because we were almost like in quarantine. We had the van, we would go, but we really wouldn't interact with anybody. And we did not catch COVID. Once we were with my brother, that's a whole different story. (laughs) We were there for maybe about a month, a month and a half. And his wife got COVID. Then we all got COVID. And it's kind of weird because COVID uh, reacts to people differently. For me, it was tough, but I was okay. For Gina, not okay. She uh, got really sick and COVID really did her in. And it got to the point where she was having a hard time breathing. And in the middle of of the night, I had to go. uh, Well, actually, no, she got like that in the middle of the night and in the morning. Um, I went ahead and uh, took her to to emergency, uh, to the emergency room. I called the uh, the doctor and he said, if she's not, she's having a hard time breathing. You need to get her in there now. So I went ahead and took her there. And Scott, I got to tell you, that was like the, the hardest time that I actually went through because, you know, at that time you would drop somebody off and you would, would not see them again wow. uh, until they get out, if they get out. So dropping her off in the front and just seeing her go in there and I just felt so helpless and yeah. uh, there was nothing, I could, there was nothing I could do. I just had to uh, uh, let things go the way they were supposed to. And I didn't hear for her, from her uh, for about a day, a day and a half. And when she called, man, I can't tell you how, how happy I was uh, just Ooh. to hear her voice, you know, I know that, you know, she was okay. And, uh, yeah, there was people dying in the in the hospital yeah. uh, where she was at, and it was just kind of sad. But uh, man, that's crazy, Lou. That is crazy. That yeah, is I never, I never thought uh, that we didn't think much of the vaccine. That we were, we were, you know, we we just didn't believe in that. We thought that uh, you know we can get away with it and not not um, you know get COVID. But we got the vaccine maybe about a day or two before we got COVID. And so I don't know if that really, if that was the the thing that helped her get through it. Yeah. Uh, Who knows? But I got to say, hopefully, you know, I'm glad that whatever, you know, whatever did it for her, 
it worked. Yeah. No, that is great. Yeah. It, uh, same, man. We weren't believers in it, but it got so crazy. Uh, like I said, I keep saying you haven't nailed this crazy. It's a different world we live in today than, than three, four, five years ago. And, uh, you know, we went and got vaccinated. We got the boosters. I mean, we, you know, whatever it takes to make society kind of get back to functioning. Me, me being in the restaurant business, you know, we, we've always said people got to eat. It's recession proof. And this was the first thing that happened where all of a sudden my job was in jeopardy because people stopped going out to eat. So it was, it's been, it's been a hard couple of years, man, for sure. But uh, we're coming through it. I mean, I, you know, I, I think, I do think the vaccines and, and whatnot seem to help. And, and I, I do think there's a bit of a herd immunity kind of scenario going on where, it, you know, it just gets a little easier to get through it each time. Um, but man, I'll come back to, to good food safety standards, you know, wash this thing, sing happy birthday and wash your, your song, wash your hands until the song is over. That's how yeah. long you should be washing your hands. And then you'd be shocked at, and what that does for your life, if you just keep your daggone hands clean and out of your eyes and, and mouth, you know? Yeah, I'm a true believer that uh, all shit happens for a reason. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, sure. sometimes you don't understand why that is and where it's going to lead. But it's going to come around somehow and it's all going to make It's all going to make sense. But I had a but, lot of friends. I had some friends that have... Uh, died due to covid and oh, that, man. that's pretty especially when it first came out you know because a lot of people didn't really know a whole lot about it and sure. um and i had a friend that uh, went in and within two months he was done oh that's so scary i'm sorry to hear that yeah it's crazy you know to your point things happen for a reason and uh you know, we, we were at this regatta this past spring and uh, meeting some folks and, and they my, my daughter does crew for the University of Pittsburgh. And and we met some nice people and we're talking about camping. They're like, oh, what made you guys decide to get a camper? And as I go to tell the story and open up my mouth, I hear my wife's voice come out and she begins to explain that the reason we have a camper is because when COVID hit, that was the first time in my career that I wasn't traveling every week. And so I just started working every day around the clock because that that's what we did when COVID hit. We were all scrambling to, to get whatever we had to whatever restaurants needed it, whether it's food safety items, personal protective gear, whatever we had. It was it was kind of like working on the floor of the stock exchange for a couple of months straight. And and she felt like I I did not have a mechanism. The airplane is what prevents me from working. When I'm on an airplane, I'm not working. And then I work when I'm off the airplane. And, and that got pulled out of the rhythm. So I was working around the clock. So she knew we needed to do something to remove me from the house so that I would stop working. And that was a camper. So, you know, that that I, I, I no one wants to be in a hurry to say the good that came from COVID in my yeah. best air quotes, but, but there'll be a day we say that, you know what, we learn to slow our roll a little bit and enjoy our families a little bit more and, and not get so wrapped around the axle on some things from COVID, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, there is so much going on in uh, this podcast that we're doing here. We're going to talk about a lot of um, big subjects, small subjects, just about everything that uh, we can think of. Every day that you look at either YouTube or the news or what have you, there is something going on. So for those people who run or, or say that they run out of content, I don't understand how that could be. No, we got content, Lou. 
we, we, and when we run out of content, we're going to start talking about Bigfoot. Okay. Cause I got a lot of content on Bigfoot cause we're going to find Bigfoot one day out there. So, so between all the content that I know you got cooking, I'll be able to come in with a little, you know, back, 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 you know, with a little Bigfoot and, uh, and and what what we're going to do to actually get a picture of one? That, I'm sorry, that's that's my inserted little contribution in the middle of this podcast to say this is this is the kind of content I'm going to be sure to bring forward. <laughs> How long have they been talking about that? I still remember as a kid, people always saying that they uh, sighted Bigfoot. Until yeah. As well, well, one of the notes I wrote down, as you said, you know, kind of our, our content list is uh, the great TV shows that are going on out there. And, and it's embarrassing. But but my wife and I relax watching TV shows. We love our TV shows when we get a chance to sit down. And there's some good ones out there. And, and you know, we watch every Bigfoot show and finish everyone saying, yep, still didn't find them. <laughs> it's going to happen, Matt. I'm going to be there when it does. Well, I tell you, it's kind of weird because I can't tell you the last time that I actually uh, watched TV. And when I say TV, like, you know, the major networks, I think yeah. us, we're always on Netflix. We're always on YouTube. Uh, you got Amazon Prime. You've got uh, all these other uh, Hulu. For all, sure. these, all these uh, platforms have come out. And I, I don't know really what cable is going to actually do. Because it seems like all these other things are killing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, so so 15 years ago, I can remember complaining that I had to be like the IP guy in my house because nobody's nobody's gear like we, you know, people just didn't know how to use their gear. I say 15 and I've been saying that for five. So maybe it was like 20 years ago. And and, you know, I can remember 10 years ago. We, we all were like, ah, I don't know if I want to cut the cord. How's this streaming thing work? You know, it's just so easy to turn the TV on, blah, blah, blah. Well, now it's like, why, why do we still have that? I mean, we, we pretty much stream everything now. And, and then it's at our fingertips, whether we're in the camper or wherever we're at. And I'll tell you what, the, the Marriott's and the Hilton's are putting these smart TVs in their room. And it's so easy and convenient to go in now and just throw YouTube up. And for somebody like me that, that, you know, enjoys camping, there's so much great content out there on different camping modifications and things like that. And I'll sit in a hotel and I'll watch that stuff versus just flipping through stuff I could, you know, not care about. It's amazing. Right. This morning. The options are there. You know, before um, you would only see certain actors, right? They would do movies and they would do television shows. But now it just seems like it has exploded where there is so many people and I wrote this down because I think this is really interesting, but I feel like people now are the ones that are acting and they're the comedians and everything that you see out there, whether it's memes or, uh, you know, short reel or TikTok, some of that shit is so funny, man. That <laughs> and it's so, there's so many of them out there that you, you don't really think of the big actors anymore. I think everybody has become, you know, an actor or comedian in this yeah. point, at this point. Yeah, it's, it's for sure, man. Which, which is another great part of, of camping. It's just the people watching alone. And I mean, it, it is, it is, I watched this guy this past week, we were camping in the rolling Hills of Ohio. This particular campsite had a, pretty good you know i'd say it was about a 45 degree angle down to this pond a couple stories down i mean it was it was a pretty decent hike down and up 
And I watched this guy who, who obviously has a full-time site. Just one morning I'm having my coffee and I see him with like two 25 pound dub, you know, dumbbells, one in each hand. And he's walking up and down the hill and he's doing curls as he's going up and down the hill. That's clearly his, his morning exercise routine in that part of the campsite. And, and I'm telling you, I'd be hard pressed to just walk up and down, forget about carrying dumbbells and doing curls. I, it was crazy, but that, you, you, to your point, man, people, people, the TikToks, the videos, the, the, the content creators out there. I mean, I find so many ideas for my camper from the, from all of the different camping content providers that I, I get good ideas as soon as I sit down inside to watch them. I'm like, oh man, I'm going to do that. It's great stuff to your point. Explosion of information. Yeah. And I'll tell you, and the flip side of it's true too. You can't get information on TV anymore that, that that's credible. And I don't care if it's this side or that side, left, right, blue, red. I you, you you watch all your channels and you can't you have to cipher every piece you get. My son and I were just having this great conversation that, that I think we're all a little guilty of of seeking information that validates our position. And, and I, and I, so we were really having this great open dialogue about it. And I think that we collectively do that as a defensive posture because you can no longer have spirited debate. I mean, the, the enjoyment used to be was that we could disagree and talk about stuff and learn from each other and then go on about the important stuff in our day. But you can't do that today because everyone gets so wrapped around the axle. If you, if you can't a hundred percent agree to their position they, you just get canceled. They don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And, and that, I feel like that's a bit of a crime because the, the best way to learn someone else's position is to be able to sit and have open talk about it. And, and, and maybe, maybe I walk away with a few ideas that I didn't have before and, and vice versa kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. I think uh, early on I took a different approach and uh, I've learned a lot along the way, but you know, I, I watch across the board. I, I, I watch different, um, news channels, whether it's Fox, CNN, NBC, um, Newsmax, I watch them all. And it's just, it's just really weird how, when you look at, you know, a, a certain channel, they're talking about their party one way, and they're talking about the other party the other way. Then you flip over to the other news channel, and they're doing the same thing. So yeah. I don't really know, you know, what, what is true out there? It's gotten so bombarded with so many, uh, so much information out there that at this point, you really can't tell what's true or what's not true. I remember yeah. as a kid. I mean, you probably remember this, but you used to watch, you know, the the the, the nightly news, and they didn't get they didn't get political. I mean, no, they were very they were just very right in the middle and never really got involved. They just gave you the news. You don't get yep. that anymore. No, you can't. You're, you're the days of Walter Cronkite and just the news. You know, he cannot get it without an angle. I'm I'm starting to figure out there are certain people. You know, uh, you know, it's it's also hard to tell. You know, who who's the journalist and and who's the I forget the specific name, but you know, there's entertainment and there's journalism, and and I, you know, I'm starting to learn some news people. That, that I can at least it's it, you know it, it 
it's a little bit more just the facts, ma'am, so to speak, than than anyone else. But man, it's it's not far and wide, and you got to check everything. It's uh, you know, I, I used to, I'm a news junkie, and and I went through a phase where I said, look, I'm just going to watch a coffee cup's worth of news in the morning. I'll watch well, I drink one cup of coffee, I'll watch the news, and I got to a place where I, I can't even do that because you know, COVID's awful. Red hates blue, blue hates red's awful. You know, wildfires, world destruction, everything's going down. To, you know, like, I, man, I gotta live my life. You know, like, like I, I don't want to live in a box, but I also can't start my day with, holy man, I got no shot today. You know. Well, you know, um, I think the, uh, the the great divide started in 2016, and yeah. uh, we still haven't got it together. We have not come around. I still think that uh, this country is very divided, and you know, it, it has to do with politics, of course. And I'm glad that we can talk about anything on this on this uh, podcast. And those are those are the things that we'll talk about. But we, we're going to try to keep it on both sides because the right or the left, everybody has their faults. And it's just good to listen. Well, it doesn't matter which which side you're on, but it's always good to listen to the other side because you may not be right all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I. You know, I, I have this position that actually came to me once because my daughter was in, I think it was like the eighth or ninth grade and, and they were doing a, you know, a whole political thing. And she came to me and said, dad, I have to interview you. Are you a Democrat or are you a Republican? And, you know, wh which side do you prefer? And, and I said, okay, hang on a second. Before we answer that question, here's how I think of it. And I laid it out to her. I said, you know, they're, they're forget Democrat, Republican for just a second. You know, there, there are big government folks and there are small government folks. And, and I don't know that one's right and one's wrong, but there are some people who think, you know, the government is the best overall provider to them and, and it works for them. For me, I am a small government guy. I think I have the, the best thoughts on, on what I need to provide for my family and I and how to accomplish that. And, and, and I'm, I'm the best user of my money that way and my resources that way. And, and, you know, that, that's just my opinion. And, and I appreciate, you know, big government. I, I think, I think big government has, has the, is the best at managing the best military on the planet. And, and I love our military. I, I, I'm now getting to the place where I treat the police. You know, I, I used to thank military people for the service. I think police and firemen and, 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 you know, uh, uh, emergency folks uh, for their service. So, so I, I think that piece of government is the best that government can do. And I think probably the second best is, is, you know, when there's natural disasters, I think government really can step in and make a difference there. But, but I don't know that the government's the best to get my parcel from here to there, to be honest with you. And, and I, I know a lot of folks have people that work for the U S postal system and I'm happy to, to have the, the, I'd love some spirit debate on that because I, I just can't figure out why I still get mail six days a week. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, cost a lot of money, and 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 you know, would love to have the conversation. I don't say it like I'm armed to hate the postman. I love our postman, and, and I, but I just don't understand why that's still a thing a little bit. And would love to learn about that if we if there's a a guest out there that wants to come on and explain to us, you know, how amazing the U.S. postal system is. I'll I'll be happy to learn along the way. But but I am a small government guy and kind of like to keep keep it local, so to speak. Yeah. Well, I feel you, man. Uh, the post office almost seems like it's obsolete. I went in there the other day and I bought a book of stamps and it cost me $12 for, I think, 20 stamps. And I'm thinking to myself, geez, what the yeah. hell happened to the, uh, you know, the, the 26 stamp 
at one at uh, one point where you used to buy stamps and it only cost you 26 cents. Those days are gone. But, yeah. you know, I got to say, dude, all my life, I've always been a Democrat and I voted uh, for Obama and uh, I changed Republican. I changed to, to Republican because I don't feel like the country right now is going in the direction that it should. And that's just my opinion. I, sure. I think everybody I think everybody is different because you have to look at what your situation is and what's going to uh, make your life better or what's going to benefit you. And um, that's just my thought on that, you know, but I am open to just about everything. And I love talking to people on the other side now. Uh, like I said, uh, I think anytime you talk to somebody, I don't care if it's politics, religion or just shit in the breeze, you're always going to learn something. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, well, the name of the show is Cocktails and Bullshit. So certainly uh, we will have as part of our bullshit, we're going to have to cover all, all the non-discussables, the, you know, politics, religion and, and whatever, you know, pronouns, I guess, falls into that category. We'll talk about them all and we'll be wide open and eager to learn from anybody. And, and if I know one thing for you, you and I have pretty strong positions after 55, 56 years of living that we also think kind of work for us and ours. So well, I would love to be able may, – maybe this can be the first podcast in a long time where, where we can have spirit debate and everybody celebrates the debate with a cocktail afterwards. Wouldn't that be great? We can walk away, friends, learning a little bit about each other's position and then go on and, and enjoy our families and enjoy what's most important in life, certainly not the folks in Washington. Yeah, and why call it a debate? It's just a conversation, right? Yeah, even better. Even better. Love it. That's well, great. listen, we're going to come right back and uh, we'll have that cocktail. And you can go ahead and talk about that since you made the cocktail. And I'm Love looking it. forward. So let's take, a, let's take a break here and we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Welcome to Cocktails and Bullshit. Scott, I got to tell you, you really can't see it. But my wife, she put my beer in a really nice mug. I nice. mean, I don't, I don't really know if I should drink from it since it's so nice. <laughs> That's fantastic. But it's all about the accoutrements when you're having a good cocktail, isn't it? All about the accessories. There you go. So uh, what are you drinking there, guy? Yeah. So look, man, as I said earlier, I've been kind of on this bourbon kick. So I've been on a, I love my bourbon and sodas. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a savory guy, not necessarily a sweet guy. So a lot of soda drinks work well for me, but but today I, I want to make a Manhattan. I'm going to start calling it a Manhattan, and I'll explain why it's actually not a Manhattan in a second. But uh, as I understand it, and I'm no expert here, I just enjoy cocktails. Uh, a Manhattan is made with bourbon, and to you know, a, a, a whiskey to be a bourbon whiskey, it, it has to be in, in brand new oak barrels for a specified length of time. That's what makes it a bourbon, in my best air quotes. And you, you basically, it's a two to one, you know, two ounces of bourbon to one ounce sweet vermouth with a little bit of a couple dashes of bitters in there. And then I have a secret ingredient. I, I love the Luxardo cherries. Have, have you ever heard of a Luxardo cherry, Lou? Do you know what that is? I have not. Is it like yeah. a, what, red cherries yeah. that they put on top of an ice cream? It, it's like one of those, but it's a really deep red, and it's it's in a very heavy sugary syrup. And and Luxardo is the brand name of the cocktail cherry that is kind of most famous. And it comes in a little jar. It's probably like a twelve ounce jar, 
and it's like which is like a little three inch three inch tall by two inch round jar and they're about 20 bucks a jar so they're they're kind of like cashews like they're ridiculously expensive compared to you know the bing cherries that are sitting next to them kind of a thing or the maraschino cherries sitting next to them but i'm telling you they make the cocktail they're worth every expense up here in northwest ohio we're lucky enough that the traverse city up in michigan is legendary for their cherries and i found this brand of 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 Traverse City cocktail cherries that's a lot less expensive. And, and I, I've actually moved over to them. They're, I think they're every bit as good and maybe a little bit better than the Luxardo cherry. So so super essential. You throw in your two ounces of bourbon. You throw in your, your ounce of sweet vermouth, a couple dashes of bitters. Then I get a spoonful of the, the syrup that's in that jar, and I throw a little bit of that in there to taste because I'm not necessarily a sweet guy, but it, it, the way it kind of cuts into that whiskey, it's just so damn delicious. And you, you shake that all up. And uh, I, I'm going to tell you my second vice that I bought this year. I, I have little sensitive hands because I'm, I'm just not a manly man. My wife got ripped off. I'm not very handy when it comes to that kind of stuff. And, and I discovered that I was liking my cocktails a little too much. And having an everyday regular shaker was making my hands freeze. And shaking is a pretty essential part. So with, with no sponsorship or anything, just happens to be a brand I love. I am hooked on this brewmate stuff. It's kind of like the... You know, the, the Yeti cups, well, there's a brand called Brewmate, and they make this shaker that's a double-walled insulated, so it doesn't freeze your hands. It keeps your drink super cold. It's the best shaker going. And uh, so I'm, I'm a little bit hooked to that, and I've shaken one up here, and, and my friend Lou taught me hashtag sippity sip. I'm going to give it a little taste here and see how it turned out. Mm. Oh, as they say in the UK, it's quite lovely, quite lovely. And, and here's the here's the little spin. So so I, you know, I'm cheap and I have a lot of stuff and I'm trying to not have a lot of stuff because, you know, we're on the other side of the curve. We're damn near empty nesters and I'm trying to wind down a little bit. And I discovered that I was going through a lot of bourbon and, and that's great. But I have all these other whiskeys. And, you know, I kind of said to myself, self. I mean, if a Manhattan, it takes bourbon whiskey, what can I make with all the other whiskeys, whether that be Irish whiskey or Scotch whiskey? I mean, I've got loads of those. And I discovered, lo and behold, that a, a Manhattan made with Scotch whiskey instead of bourbon whiskey is called a Rob Roy. I always heard of a Rob Roy. Never knew it was a Manhattan without bourbon made with Scotch whiskey instead of bourbon whiskey. So I'm actually having some. So I'm using up all of the whiskeys in my bar because I feel like I got to kind of reduce a little bit here. So we fit in the camper one day. So I'm actually making an Irish whiskey Manhattan here. And I don't know what the formal name is. I think on this show we'll call it the Dublin if it's a Manhattan or, you know, it's a, what's a city in Ireland? I'm going to call it the Dublin. So I'm having a Dublin and uh, and man, it's pretty delicious. So that that's my tip for a great cocktail, classic cocktail. Throw those Luxardo cherries or those those really rich cocktail cherries. If you if you find the Luxardos on the shelf at your grocery store over in the little cocktail section where they got tonic water and what have you, you'll see some other cherries in there as well if, if you don't want to spring for the Luxardos. But the Luxardos are pretty delicious, I have to say. Man, what do you have? I'm just having a Modelo. Oh. <laughs> Nothing fancy. Man, I tell you what, you sound like a, a professional bartender there. And just you describing that sounds delicious. I wish I had one here. Hopefully uh, on the next episode, I'll be able to uh, duplicate what you've got and we can taste one together. Yeah, you know, it's, it's good. It is, is ingredients to a cocktail 
the same as going in to a, a Chinese fast food restaurant or Mexican restaurant where they initially just have like 10 items, but they have about 2000 combinations. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you, you're not wrong to say it that way, but man, if I agree to that, we'll get hate mail and I don't want us to get hate mail on our very first episode. I mean, people, you know, the real connoisseurs are really into it and, and you can go crazy. I mean, there's so many nuances. I, I discovered I like, you know, Basil Hayden is a brand of bourbon I really like, and I never knew why I liked it. And somebody told me it's because it's aged, it gets some age in port wine barrels, so it's a little sweeter bourbon. And I do like that little sweeter flavor in my Manhattans, like I was saying with the Luxardo Cherry. So it just, it's natural that I would like that bourbon. Um, but but you can go crazy. I You know, the, these true professional bartenders now, look at them, they'll, They'll wear like the apron, like you see like woodworkers working, you know, and they'll have droppers and stirs and they get out a beaker. Now, if you go to a high end bar, they will whip up a cocktail for you that has this kind of bitters and that kind of bitters and this kind of, you know, dropper of stuff. And I mean, you if money was no limit, I could have a pretty extensive bar. But, uh, you know, if, if we're trying to get out on the road one day and get this last kid through college, I got to kind of consolidate a little bit which is why i'm going through all the rest of the whiskeys in my house and you know you just need a few things and you can make a pretty good cocktail you know there's uh i think that's why i think that's why people go to bars right because the the thing is that you're you're not ever going to have you know everything that you need right because if you were to go out and get all these different uh whiskeys rums what have you i mean that would be a lot you know what i mean so I've gone into like uh, here, for example, in Montgomery, they've got a, like a, a, a bourbon bar. And I've oh, seen wow. one in Kentucky as well, where you just kind of go in and all they all they do is serve bourbon. And I thought that was really interesting. And me and Gina actually went to, to the one up in Kentucky and we really, really enjoyed it. Sure. That's that's kind of how my bar looks. It looks like whatever thing I was into at the moment. So. You know, when the single malt scotches came out, I loved them. And I have so many amazing single malt scotches and they're all sitting in the bar. And, and you know, I went I went through it. I, I'm a gin drinker. I love my gin. I love my my vodka and, and, and you know, with a little fruit in there. I, I love a good gin martini with some blue cheese stuffed olives and a little little olive juice, make them dirty. I mean, we'll get into that in future episodes, but but if you look at my bar, it always is a reflection of whatever thing I've gotten into in whatever particular season. And I'm kind of going and retracing some old steps and getting out that all those bottles of scotches and saying, man, a, a scotch with a, with a little club soda in it to give it a little bubbles. I know some people are going to cringe when I say that, but that's super delicious by the campfire, you know, when you're sitting outside. And uh, so I, I've really been enjoying, you know, my break from beer, if you will. And I love beer. That that Modelo such a good – man, when we lived in El Paso, Texas, we'd get that on a hot day, get that Modelo so cold that it would almost burn your throat on that first pull off that bottle. And, oh, my gosh, it's just so delicious. I uh, I, I, I love beer. and uh, But it's been a good break, kind of keeping the carbs down a little bit. Yeah, and there's so many uh, different ones. I, I I normally just don't stick to one. I like Modelo. I like Coors. I like uh, um, Miller Lite. I like Yingling. But you know what? The funniest thing, I get headaches when I drink beer. I, I've got high blood pressure. 
I do take pills. I do take medication for it. But when I, I, I drink beer that's heavy, I, I usually get a headache. So I try to stay with the light beers. And my favorite, believe it or not, is PBR. No kidding. Yeah. It, it, it has made a comeback, hasn't it? It has. And you can go into a, a lot of bars and they're carrying it. And it's super cheap. Yeah. And I get to feel like I'm drinking a beer, but it's it's not too heavy and it doesn't give me headaches. Yeah. Well, that's the key. I mean, I, I've kind of learned too. just kind of, you know, like I said, I love beer and I love the big IPAs, the bigger, heavier, the better. And uh, I've just kind of learned like drinking these cocktails and, and, you know, like I said, my club soda drinks that are, you know, kind of a little bit lighter. I mean, I just don't get that woof feeling, you know, like, like four beers down river and you just feel like bloated and not great. And your head's a little cloudy in the morning. I mean, I can sip on a, on a, a bourbon and soda out at the campfire for 45 minutes and just enjoy it. And I just don't feel blech the next day, you know, but, uh, but I, that, that's the thing, right? You're just taking small sips of it. So yeah. you take your while to get through it. And it's actually kind of nice, especially if it's smooth. Yeah, I do, though. I got it. I got it. Don't get me wrong, man. I love beer. We were down in Athens, Ohio, which is where Ohio University is. And uh, the girls were shopping and I jumped into this bar and had it, it was a hot day. And I, I love a blue moon on a hot day. I know it's embarrassing, but I just oh, I, I love a good cold blue moon, that big wedge of orange shoved in it. And uh you know, I, I had a blue moon guy. I have another one of those. And the girls called me and said, Hey, we're ready to go to dinner. And, and I, hey, I'll tab out. The bill came. It was $4 and 14 cents. I said, Hey, I think you forgot to charge me for one. He's like, no, nah, man, you're in Athens, Ohio. It's happy hour. They're $2 a piece. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I thought I was ripping the guy off, man. So, uh, you know, yeah, you do not see that. You don't see that too often. No, man. It's a uh, super cheap down there, but, uh, yeah, so I'm happy what, to be what, in the cocktails portion. What, what's the most expensive beer you, you've had? Like, if you go into a bar and you had to pay for a beer, what's the most expensive? Because I can tell uh, you more. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, I, for me, I like those high, you know, high ABV, high alcohol content beers. So so they're usually in, in a bar. I mean, you know, if you're getting an 11 percenter, I mean, it'll be a seven, eight, nine dollar beer. Um, yeah. I, you know, that it's hard. I'm just talking in general, like uh, going to a bar and you've been charged this much for a beer, just any beer. I was up in New York and uh, we sat down and uh, I got a beer and I couldn't believe it was fifteen dollars. And I think it was like a sixteen ounce. It wasn't even even a, a oh my god, you know, twenty ounce or what have you. And that was dead in Rockefeller Center. They've got a yeah. bar there, fifteen dollars. I thought that was just outrageous. That's crazy, man. So I, I get the, the your question now. We were in Chicago for the restaurant show this past May, and I think we were at the whatever that River Sheraton is right there, and we got around the cocktails. And I so I, I get this one, and there were like four of us, and you know it was like eighty two dollars. I was like for for four drinks, you know, <laughs> like wow, you know, you, you have to build somebody else. Yeah, no doubt that that was an expensive one for sure. So that went on company expenses, but uh, yeah, well, I'm glad we're in the cocktail portion of cocktails and bullshit. Cause I, I do love learning what people like to do this one. I'm chasing now. I, I hopefully a future episode, I'll have it figured out, but I, you know, people love their pickle juice and I like pickles, but like, I've never been a pickle juice guy, but I guess it's supposed to help with cramps and, and you know, like leg cramps and stuff like that. And, 
And there's a lot of drinks you can make with a, a pick, pickle. There's a there's a brand from Pittsburgh Pickle Company, and I only know it because that's where my daughter goes to college, called the Pickle Elixir. And I've got my eyes out looking for the Pickle Elixir. So hopefully there will be a, a new cocktail coming to us soon with a little bit of pickle in it. Yeah, well, talking about that, uh, I know we're just getting into this, and we're still trying to uh, figure out all the corks. And, and this is our first episode, but uh, if you guys have a recommendation of something that uh, you want to talk about, or it could be you know, a cocktail, or it could be a, just a subject in itself, you can uh, go ahead and email us at cocktail, cocktails and BS uh, at gmail.com. So that's cocktail, A N D B S at gmail.com. Yep. And you can always tweet us at cocktails and BS, C O C K T A I L S A N D B S, cocktails. Word and BS as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see how uh, far we can take this. Uh, I, I think it's just going to be good conversation. And uh, like I said, I know this is the uh, the first episode. I think uh, future episodes are going to be a lot better as we go along. Uh, but I'm really I'm excited because I didn't really have anything to do at this point. Uh, it's hard for me to get a job if we're only staying a month at a time, I try to get these little jobs here and there. The last job I had, I was working over at uh, Dollar Tree and uh, they used to get really pissed off at me because I used to always get on the microphone and say, we need a price check on aisle three, price check on aisle three. Manager was not having it. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that job. And I love doing these little different things. I was a, a general manager most of my life. And um, I don't mind doing cleaning floors, whatever it takes, but it's really hard to find a job that you're only going to be there for a month. So hopefully we're trying to get out west. I think we're going to end up uh, being in Arizona for the winter and all this stuff. We're just trying to figure out uh, living in an RV. Sometimes you have to uh, make sure that you're not in cold weather because it could be pretty brutal and not very pleasing. So we're trying to figure that out and maybe we'll stay out there for a couple months and I'll pick something up as when we're out there. So kind of looking forward to that. We bought some land out in Colorado uh, and we're trying to get to to that piece of land as well because we want to do some grading to it. And wow. we're only going to stay there probably a couple of weeks, you know, out of the year or what have you. But, um, yeah, it's just beautiful. I love Colorado. I love Utah, Montana, Nebraska. I love all those places. I can't wait to visit them again. Well, I can't wait to get on here once a week and talk to you about them, man, and uh, hear where your adventures are taking you. And, and like you said, you know, we kind of set the framework today, but uh, our next episode, we'll just get right into the meat, man. We'll talk about where you're traveling and where I'm traveling. And uh, we'll, of course, have a nice cocktail and we'll talk about the latest and greatest current events. And, uh, you know, maybe, like I said, like you said, maybe we'll have some good conversation about some topics and uh, get everybody's perspective. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's amazing how fastest went <laughs> we've already been on this podcast close to an hour and yeah. i did not feel it. i did not feel it at all well i i have a feeling you and i are not going to be uh having difficulty finding a topic to talk about especially now you, you you know maybe we moved that cocktail up about 10 minutes earlier in the call i mean I, you made me wait a half hour that's so i guess that's a good teaser you kept me in the game the whole time so like <laughs> Like I say, before 10 a.m., I'm as good as anybody. So you were wise to keep that cocktail held off for me a little bit. But uh, now, nah, man, I'm looking forward to getting to know you better in front of this audience. And uh, 
man, like you said, everything happens for a reason. And then you've become a dear friend almost overnight. I'm excited about it. And, uh, Man, you gave me – I look forward to showing up every week and talking about what, what happened this past week and, and keeping it real for the folks. Yeah, me too. Hey, real quick, uh, another subject here that uh, I wanted to talk about. I was on the road the other day, and I stopped over at this gas station, and it was a Patriot gas station. Have you uh, seen those? I have not. I saw that in your notes. I. I'm not familiar with that. Is that the brand name or, or it had a different, or does it mean, is it an adjective? Does it mean something different? What do you, what is Patriot? Uh, you know, I really have no idea. I don't even know who owns uh, those gas stations, but uh, the interesting thing is, is that it's unmanned. You go to really? these uh, gas stations and you just get your gas. You uh, pay for it at the pump, credit card or what have you. It'll give you a receipt. You can go inside and everything is automated. All you have in there is machines as far as Coke machine, chips, candy, whatever. Uh, it's all automated. And then to use the restroom, when you buy something, it gives you a code. And that's the code <laughs> that you use into the bath, into the, into the restroom. That's I thought that was like so interesting. And it's just kind of crazy how where we're going with that. Right. Because to me personally, like I said, I've been a general manager most of my life, and it, I sympathize with the employees, people are losing jobs because everything is becoming automated. But at the same time, as a manager, I don't ever want to wait to see at five o'clock who shows up and who doesn't. Yeah, that's crazy. I've not heard of those yet, but, you know, it's a funny point. I mean, I've been a Delta guy my entire career. And I remember when the kiosks came out and they were like, sir, try the kiosk. I was like, no, no, I'm going to go talk to that nice person right there. You know, like I, I wanted to make sure that that person took my bag and I spoke to that person and blah, blah, blah. Now I get, I get grumpy if I got to talk to somebody because it's all on my phone now. I, I know where my suitcase is going. I, if, if the flight delays, I can grab a new one on my phone. I literally can do almost everything on my phone that that agent can do behind the counter and if I have to get in a line and talk to an agent, I'm just instantly grumpy. You know? So, I mean, little Caesars, right? You do it through the app. You yeah. go in, pick up your pizza through the portal. All you do is put in your uh, your little code they give you. Yeah. Open up. You take your pizza out and you're out the door. You have to talk to no one. I love it because a lot of times you go in there and there is a line and you're just going past that line just to pick up yeah. your pizza, man. Super totally. awesome. Well, but yeah, future, I'm, interested, I'm interested to see what happens with that because it seems like more and more everything is becoming that. Yeah, definitely a future topic to even talk about further and drill down. I know we're getting a little long right now, but uh, would love to talk about being in the restaurant business with COVID. I mean, everything shifted to the carryout, you know, and uh, up here we out of Wisconsin, you have Culver's and, uh, you know, Culver's is all about it's fat, you know, in my air quotes, it's fast food but they don't consider themselves fast food. And they're all about, we make it to order, come sit in our dining room. Well, when, when dining rooms were closed and you couldn't go to dining rooms anymore, they never really had a good, you know, drive through setup. And so they've really been wrestling with how to improve their drive through setup. If you've ever been through, through a Culver's drive through, I love me some Culver's, but man, the drive through can be a little challenging because yeah. they make everything up. fresh. Yeah. And they're opening up all over the place. Yeah. So definitely want to talk about the automation in the restaurant and, and anywhere else for that matter in future episodes. Love it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll leave it at that. 
thank you guys so much for uh, joining us. We really do appreciate it. And we look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. Scott, you take care and I'll see you uh, next week. Thanks, Lou. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Take care. Thank you.